This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Let's look at this. Revelation 3, 6. Okay, and we, we have been here now in Revelation 3, 5 for quite some time. Let me move on. The important word here tonight in this, in this particular passage is the word here. Let me, let me encourage you to get this. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Underline this, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, bless the teaching of your precious word tonight, and we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The thing that I want to emphasize is that the church of Sardius, and that's where we are in verse number six, it was not an overcoming church. It was a very weak-minded church, a very weak-minded people. The admonishment is, but in spite of that, the encouragement was to listen to what the Spirit saith, because there was a great message that was needing to go forth. And in verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things. I want to remind you of something. There are seven churches in Asia Minor. These were literal churches and literal places uh, and uh, they they typified uh, different periods of time where we are now located today. But these were seven real congregations uh, who had seven real pastors. And to the angel or the pastor of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, saith he, the Lord Jesus, that is holy, and notice that comma, he that is true in the comma, he that hath the key of David, that might be a little mystery there for us uh, on the surface. He that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. So let's look at this. We come to the message of the Church of Philadelphia, and the scriptures is, is very emphatically teaching these particular attributes. He that is holy. Now, there are two scriptures that I want to insert that these gentlemen do not have in the back tonight, but I want to ask these brothers to get them on the screen if it's possible, and I want us to reference, and you can put in the notes that you're taking, First uh, Peter chapter uh, 1, verses 15 through 16, because we're talking about two incredible attributes of the Lord Jesus. We know that he is holy, and he is true. And so... In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, the Bible says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And then in John chapter 14, verse number 6, a verse that we are all very, very familiar with, and I reference it here in the pulpit many, many times on many different occasions, uh, especially during some of the funeral sermons that I preach. But the scripture says, Jesus saith, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. But the, but the key word here is the word truth. So in First Peter, we find the word holy, and here in, for, in John 14, verse number 6, we find the word true. So the characteristics that are mentioned in verse number seven, we, we are encouraged and edified uh, throughout scripture that these attributes represent, uh, 
in a very real and correct form, the Lord Jesus. Now, let me say this about the Church of Philadelphia. It was a true church. It was a Bible-believing church. They were sound in doctrine and in faith. And uh, the city of Philadelphia continued. Uh, as John records all of these various churches, the, the, the Church of Philadelphia existed in a period of time longer than the other six uh, in the uh, time periods that they were uh, present and active. Something that I want to mention to you, you may not know this, but the name or the word Philadelphia, it's not talking about some state up north, some place, city, it's talking about this. The word, the name Philadelphia means brotherly love. That's what this means. And certainly brotherly love is a distinct characteristic of the household of God. There's an old song I've mentioned several times in the recent uh, past, and that is one of my favorite songs, and that's talking about the family of God. And the words go like this. You may notice that we say brother and sister around here. We're very familiar with that song. Philadelphia was known to have brotherly and sisterly love in the congregation. And there is a scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 19. And it says this, Now therefore ye are no more strangers but foreigners uh, and, and foreigners, but fellow citizens, look at this, with the saints and of the household of God. This is talking about the brotherhood uh, of the household of God. And then in John 13, verse 35, the word says this, But this shall all men know, that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So again, this was the trademark of the church in Philadelphia, which means brotherly love. Now I want you to look at this again because we've already talked about certain aspects of these characteristics of the Lord being holy and true. Look at this in the, in the passage. He that is holy and true. Okay, they are divine attributes. I want to give you these scriptures quickly. And so I asked the, the brothers in the back to get these on the screen as quick as we can because I, I have to speed read tonight. Hosea chapter 11 and verse number 9. I will not execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in the midst of thee, and I will not enter into the city. Uh, Jeremiah chapter, oh, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 9. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serving or serve the living and true God, the living and true God. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 20. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Uh, I'm so thankful tonight that we do know who God is. We know the true God. We know the holiness of God. We know the purity of God. In Jeremiah chapter 10, in verse number 10, the word says, 
Jeremiah 10, verse 10. They'll get that scripture on the screen here soon, I hope. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. And his wrath, the earth, shall tremble. And the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. One more quickly here. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 3. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Brother Paul just sang so well. These beautiful words coming out of Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 3. But there's an interesting statement that captivates my attention, and I don't know about yours, as we press through this passage, and that is this. Not only do we recognize that the Lord God is holy, that he is true, but this, he that hath the key of David. Now that's an interesting statement inserted in Scripture, and uh, this is referring to the Lord's descent of David and, 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 and his royal character. Let me show you a verse in Isaiah chapter 22 and verse number 22. The word says this, and the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder so he shall open and none shall shut. And he shall shut, and none shall open. Now, if you can sort of like get a photographic copy of those words in your mind, just for a moment, and then go back to Revelation 3-7, this is basically what the Scripture is saying. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true. Look at this. He that hath the key of David. So in the margin of your Bible, you can write Isaiah 22 and verse number 22, and probably there's not a person in here tonight that has that reference by this verse, Revelation 3-7, but I think it's very, very important. Now, what about keys? Because the Bible is talking about he that hath the key of David. You see, the Lord has other keys, and he, you remember when he was talking to Simon Peter on the Galilee, he had fixed breakfast with the fish and he began to question Peter, engage in a conversation with him. This is after the denial. Peter denied him three times. You know the story. And Jesus asked him the question three times, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Now, if I had time tonight, which my time is completely gone, but if I had time tonight, I would say, I would speak a little bit about when Jesus said, love, lovest thou me more than these. I love that passage because there's a message, there's an entire sermon in these simple words, more than these. What are they? Those are incredible things. I don't have time to go there tonight. I just want to make mention of it. But he said, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. And he said, feed my sheep. So here in Isaiah, we're talking about the key of David. Jesus talked about, here are the keys to the kingdom, Peter, feed my sheep. 
But there, there are some other keys that's associated with the Lord. And I want you to see this. And we have already covered this in Revelation chapter 1 and in verse number 18. Look at this. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And look at this. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. So when you look at this, Jesus is reaffirming, because I'm he that openeth and no man shutteth. You have heard the old saying many times, if God opens a door, man cannot shut it. And if God closes a door, no matter what happens, man cannot open it. No matter the efforts that are in play, it just cannot happen. And so when God opens a door for you, remember that. Nobody can shut it. But there, there's something very interesting here that goes into verse number 8 as well. And that is this. I have time just to comment because I do want to end in prayer. And I'm going to ask for some volunteers to pray here in just a minute. And so if you can be thinking about um, that, that would be wonderful. I'm going to ask maybe three people to do that. By the way, let me say this. When you, when you pray, you're not, you're not entertaining anybody in this church. You don't have to lift up words to anybody in this church. When you pray, you're talking to God. And I will tell you that no matter where you sit, there's an amen, brother, amen, sister. While you're praying, it ought to be. And so I want to give you an opportunity to do that in just a minute. Look at this in verse number 8. Jesus said, I know thy works. Look at it. He, the Lord was very specific. He didn't say, I know your feelings. He didn't say, I know your intentions. He said with great sternness and great effectiveness, he said, I know your works. I close with three scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10. The word says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. That's talking about works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let me tell you this. We are not saved by works. But when we are saved, we need to work for the king. And lastly, I close. Revelation 22, verse number 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. So we're going to close here tonight with verse number 7. And uh, verse num- the first part of verse number 8, and we'll get into, Lord willing, verse number 9 here next Wednesday night. We find something very interesting, something that we revert back to in the beginning of the chapter. And I will just give, give us a speed read tonight on this, looking ahead just a little bit. Behold, I will make of them of the synagogue of Satan. We have already seen that in another place. This is a different different um, 
group of people that the word is talking about. Okay, let's stop tonight. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at bufordroadbaptistchurch.com.